The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I am your host, Liv, here with another exciting reading of the Argonautica. Gosh, this has honestly been way more fun than I expected at the beginning. I mean, I had high hopes, obviously, that's why I picked it for you all, but when we got tossed right into that 
really old translation, it became trickier. But I have been having fun switching out words like thy and thou for, you know, modern English terms. And I think that's really helped a lot when it comes to the reading of this epic. And ultimately, I mean, Apollonius is super cool. The Argonautica is super cool. I mean, let's be honest, basically all ancient epics are just fucking incredible and so interesting. And I wish we had more of them. But we are not done with the Argonautica yet. Today's episode is just getting deeper into this very last book of such an incredible epic and where we last left our intrepid Argonauts. And by intrepid, I mean basically useless, Jason being definitely useless. They were, well, being fully helped by Medea because... Jason would certainly be nothing without Medea, and the Argonauts overall would be pretty fucked without her too. So thankfully, you know, they've got Medea, even if she's under an incredibly powerful love spell and probably wouldn't have given a fuck about Jason if not for that spell. Jason and the Argonauts and Medea have stolen the Golden Fleece, they have fled from Aetes, and, well, they have finally encountered Medea's brother, Absurtus, and they have killed him. That is where we start today's episode. This is the Argonautica by Apollonius, translated by R.C. Seaton, Book 4, Part 2. When Absurtus had fallen in mighty overthrow, Zeus himself, king of the gods, was seized with wrath at what they had done, and he ordained that by the counsels of Aiai and Circe they should cleanse themselves from the terrible stain of blood and suffer countless woes before their return. Yet none of the chieftains knew this, but far onward they sped, starting from the Hylian land, and they left behind all the islands that were beforetime thronged by the Colchians, the Liburian Isles, isle after isle, Issa, Discaledus, and lovely Pythia. Next after them they came to Corcyra, where Poseidon settled the daughter of Asopus, fair-haired Cochira, far from the land of Phileas, whence he had carried her off through love, and sailors beholding it from the sea, all black with its sombre woods, call it Corcyra the Black." And next they pass Melite, rejoicing in the soft-blowing breeze, and steep Kyrosus and Nymphaea at a distance, where Lady Calypso, daughter of Atlas, dwelt. And they deemed they saw the misty mountains of thunder. And then Hera bethought her of the counsels and wrath of Zeus concerning them. And she devised an ending of their voyage and stirred up storm winds before them, by which they were caught and borne back to the rocky isle of Electra. And straightway on a sudden there called to them in the midst of their course, speaking with a human voice, 
The beam of the hollow ship, which Athena had set in the center of the stem made of Dodonian oak, and deadly fear seized them as they heard the voice that told of the grievous wrath of Zeus, for it proclaimed that they should not escape the paths of an endless sea nor grievous tempests unless Circe should purge away the guilt of the ruthless murder of Absyrtus. And it bade Polyduces and Castor pray to the immortal gods first to grant a path through the Ausonian Sea where they should find Circe, daughter of Percy and Helios. Thus Argo cried through the darkness, and the sons of Tyndareus uprose and lifted their hands to the immortals, praying for each boon, but dejection held the rest of the Minian heroes, and far on sped Argo under sail and entered deep into the stream of Eridanus, where once, smitten on the breast by the blazing bolt, Phaethon, half-consumed, fell from the chariot of Helios into the opening of that deep lake. And even now it belches up heavy steam clouds from the smoldering wound. And no bird spreading its light wings can cross that water, but in mid-course it plunges into the flame, fluttering. And all around the maidens, the daughters of Helios, enclosed in tall poplars, wretchedly wail a piteous plaint. And from their eyes they shed on the ground bright drops of amber. These are dried by the sun upon the sand, but whenever the waters of the dark lake flow over the strand before the blast of the wailing wind, then they roll on in a mass into Eridanus with swelling tide. But the Celts have attached this story to them, that these are the tears of Leto's son, Apollo, that are borne along by the eddies, the countless tears that he shed aforetime when he came to the sacred race of the Hyperboreans and left shining heaven at the chiding of his father, being in wrath concerning his son whom divine Coronis bare in bright Lacaria at the mouth of Amorous. And such is the story told among these men. But no desire for food or drink seized the heroes, nor were their thoughts turned to joy. But they were sorely afflicted all day, heavy and faint at heart, with the noisome stench, hard to endure, which the streams of Eridanus sent forth from Phaethon still burning. And at night they heard the piercing lament of the daughters of Helios, wailing with shrill voice, and, as they lamented, their tears were borne on the water like drops of oil. Thence they entered the deep stream of Rhodanus, which flows into Eridanus, and when they meet there is a roar of mingling waters. Now that river, rising from the ends of the earth, where are the portals and mansions of night, on one side bursts forth upon the beach of ocean, at another pours into the Ionian Sea, and on the third, through seven mouths, sends its stream to the Sardinian Sea and its limitless bay. And from Rhodanus they entered stormy lakes, which spread throughout the Celtic mainland of wondrous size. And there they would have met with an inglorious calamity, for a certain branch of the river was bearing them towards a gulf of ocean which in ignorance they were about to enter, and never would they have returned from there in safety. 
But Hera, leaping forth from heaven, peeled her cry from the Hyrcanian rock, and altogether were shaken with fear of her cry, for terribly crashed the mighty firmament. And backward they turned by reason of the goddess, and noted the path by which their return was ordained. And after a long while, they came to the beach of the surging sea by the devising of Hera, passing unharmed through countless tribes of the Celts and the Lygians. For round them the goddess poured a dread mist day by day as they fared on. And so sailing through the midmost mouth, they reached the Stichides Islands in safety by the aid of the sons of Zeus, wherefore altars and sacred rites are established in their honor forever. And not that seafaring alone did they attend as a corps, but Zeus granted to them the ships of future sailors too. Then leaving the Stachides, they passed on to the island Ethalia, where after their toil they wiped away with pebbles sweat in abundance, and pebbles like skin in color are strewn on the beach, and there are their quats and their wondrous armor, and there is the Argoan harbor called after them. And quickly from there they passed through the sea, beholding the Tyrrhenian shores of Ausonia, and they came to the famous harbor of Aiaia, and from the ship they cast hawsers to the shore near at hand, and here they found Circe bathing her head in the salt sea spray, for sorely had she been scared by visions of the night. With blood her chambers and all the walls of her palace seemed to be running, and flame was devouring all the magic herbs with which she used to bewitch strangers who ever came, and she herself with murderous blood quenched the glowing flame, drawing it up in her hands, and she ceased from deadly fear. Wherefore, when morning came, she rose, and with sea spray was bathing her hair and her garments, and beasts, not resembling the beasts of the wild, nor yet like men in body, but with a medley of limbs, went in a throng, as sheep from the fold and multitudes follow the shepherd. Such creatures, compacted of various limbs, did each herself produce from the primeval slime, when she had not yet grown solid beneath a rainless sky, nor yet had received a drop of moisture from the rays of the scorching sun. But time combined these forms and marshaled them in their ranks. In such wise, these monsters, shapeless of form, followed her. And exceeding wonder seized the heroes, and at once, as each gazed on the form and face of Circe, they readily guessed that she was the sister of Aetes. Now when she had dismissed the fears of her nightly visions, straightway she fared backwards, and in her subtlety she bade the heroes follow charming them on with her hand. Thereupon the host remained steadfast at the bidding of Eason's son, but Jason drew with him the Colchian maid, and both followed the selfsame path till they reached the hall of Circe. And she, in amaze at their coming, bade them sit on brightly burnished seats. And they, quiet and silent, sped to the hearth and sat there, as is the want of wretched suppliants. Medea hid her face in both her hands, but Jason fixed in the ground the mighty hilted sword with which he had slain Aetes's son. Nor did they raise their eyes to meet her look. And straightway Circe became aware of the doom of a suppliant and the guilt of murder. 
Wherefore, in reverence for the ordinance of Zeus, the god of suppliants, who is a god of wrath, yet mightily aids slayers of men, she began to offer the sacrifice with which ruthless suppliants are cleansed from guilt when they approach the altar. First, to atone for the murder still unexplained, she held above their heads the young of a sow whose drugs yet swelled from the fruit of the womb, and, severing its neck, sprinkled their hands with the blood. And again she made propitiation with other drink offerings, calling on Zeus the cleanser, the protector of murder-stained suppliants. And all the defilements in a mass her attendants bore forth from the palace, the naiad nymphs who ministered all things to her. And within, Circe, standing by the hearth, kept burning atonement cakes without wine, praying the while that she might stay from their wrath the terrible furies, and that Zeus himself might be propitious and gentle to them both, whether with hands stained by the blood of a stranger or, as kinsfolk, by the blood of a kinsman, they should implore his grace. But when she had wrought all her task, then she raised them up and seated them on well-polished seats, and herself sat near, face to face with them. And at once she asked them clearly of their business and their voyaging, and whence they had come to her land and palace, and had thus seated themselves as suppliants at her hearth. For in truth the hideous remembrance of her dreams entered her mind as she pondered, and she longed to hear the voice of the maiden, her kinswoman, as soon as she saw that she had raised her eyes from the ground. For all those of the race of Helios were plain to discern, since by far flashing of their eyes they shot in front of them a gleam as of gold. So Medea told her all she asked, the daughter of Aetes of the gloomy heart, speaking gently in the Colchian tongue, both of the quest and the journeyings of the heroes and of their toils in the swift contests, and how she had sinned in the counsels of her much-sorrowing sister, and how with the sons of Phrixus she had fled far from the tyrannous horrors of her father. But she shrank from telling of the murder of Absyrtus. Yet she escaped not Circe's ken, nevertheless, in spite of all, she pitied the weeping maiden, and spoke thus. Poor wretch, an evil and shameful return have you planned. Not for long, I think, will you escape the heavy wrath of Aetes, but soon will he go even to the dwellings of Hellas to avenge the blood of his son, for intolerable are the deeds you have done. But since you are my suppliant and my kinswoman, no further ill shall I devise against you at your coming, but begone from my halls, companioning the stranger, whosoever he be, this unknown one that you have taken in your father's despite, and kneel not to me at my hearth, for never will I approve your counsels and your shameful flight. Thus she spoke, and measureless anguish seized Medea, and over her eyes she cast her robe and poured forth a lamentation, until the hero took her by the hand and led her forth from the hall, quivering with fear. So they left the home of Circe. But they were not unmarked by the spouse of Zeus, son of Cronos, but Iris told her when she saw them faring from the hall, for Hera had bidden her watch what time they should come to the ship, so again she urged her and spoke. 
dear Iris, now come, if ever you have fulfilled my bidding. Go off on light pinions, and ask Thetis arise from the sea and come hither, for need of her is come upon me. Then go to the sea beaches where the bronze anvils of Hephaestus are smitten by sturdy hammers, and tell him to still the blasts of fire until Argo pass by them. Then go to Aeolus, too, Aeolus who rules the winds, children of the clear sky, and to him also tell my purpose, so that he may make all winds cease under heaven, and no breeze may ruffle the sea. Yet let the breath of the west wind blow until the heroes have reached the Phaeacian Isle of Alcanus. So she spoke, and straightway Iris leapt down from Olympus and cleft her way with light wings outspread. And she plunged into the Aegean Sea, where is the dwelling of Nereus. And she came to Thetis first, and, by the promptings of Hera, told her tale and roused her to go to the goddess. Next she came to Hephaestus and quickly made him cease from the clang of his iron hammers, and the smoke-grimed bellows were stayed from their blast. And thirdly she came to Aeolus, the famous son of Hippotas, and when she had given her message to him also and rested her swift knees from her course, then Thetis, leaving Nereus and her sisters, had come from the sea to Olympus, to the goddess Hera, and the goddess made her sit by her side and uttered her word. Hearken now, Lady Thetis, to what I am eager to tell you. You know how honoured in my heart is the hero, Aeson's son, and the others that have helped him in the contest, and how I saved them when they passed between the wandering rocks where roar terrible storms of fire, and the waves foam round the rugged reefs. And now they pass the mighty rock of Scylla, and Charybdis horribly belching, a course awaits them. But you indeed, from your infancy, did I tend with my own hands, and love beyond all others that dwell in the salt sea, because you did refuse to share the couch of Zeus for all his desire. For to him such deeds are ever dear, to embrace either goddesses or mortal women. But in reverence for me, and with fear in your heart, you did shrink from his love, and he then swore a mighty oath that you should never be called the bride of an immortal god. Yet he ceased not from spying you against your will, until Reverend Thamus declared to him the whole truth, how that it was your fate to bear a son mightier than his sire, wherefore he gave you up for all his desire, fearing lest another should be his match and rule the immortals, and in order that he might ever hold his own dominion. But I gave you the best of the sons of earth to be your husband, that you might find a marriage dear to your heart and bear children, and I summoned to the feast the gods, one and all, and with my own hand I raised the bridal torch, in return for the kindly honour you did pay me. But come, let me tell a tale that errs not. When your son shall come to the Elysian plain, he whom now in the home of Chiron the centaur water nymphs are tending, though he still craves your mother's milk, it is fated that he be the husband of Medea, Aetes's daughter. Do you aid your daughter-in-law as a mother-in-law should, and aid Peleus himself? Why is your wrath so steadfast? He is blinded by folly, for blindness comes even upon the gods. 
Surely at my behest I deem that Hephaestus will cease from kindling the fury of his flame, and that Aeolus, son of Hippotas, will check his swift rushing winds, all but the steady west wind, until they reach the havens of the Phaeacians. Do you devise a return without bane? The rocks and the Tyrannus waves are my fear. They alone and them you can foil with your sister's aid. And let them not fall in their helplessness into Charybdis, lest she swallow them at one gulp, or approach the hideous lair of Scylla, Ausonian Scylla the deadly, whom night-wandering Hecate, who was called Cretaeus, bare to forests, lest swooping upon them with her horrible jaws she destroy the chiefest of the heroes. But guide their ship in the course where they shall be still a hair's breadth escape from destruction. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Thus she spoke, and Thetis answered with these words, If the fury of the ravening flame and the stormy wind cease in very deed, surely will I promise boldly to save the ship, even though the waves bar the way, if only the west wind blows fresh and clear. But it is time to fare on a long and measureless path, in quest of my sisters who will aid me, and to the spot where the ship's hawsers are fastened, that at early dawn the heroes may take thought to win their home return. She spoke, and darting down from the sky fell amid the eddies of the dark blue sea, and she called to aid her the rest of the Nereids, her own sisters, and they heard her and gathered together, and Thetis declared to them Hera's behests, and quickly sped them all on their way to the Ausonian Sea. And herself, swifter than the flash of an eye or the shafts of the sun when it rises upwards from a far distant land, hastened swiftly through the sea until she reached the Aeaean beach of the Tyrrhenian mainland, and the heroes she found by the ship taking their pastime with quats and shooting of arrows, and she drew near and just touched the hand of Iacus's son Peleus, for he was her husband. Nor could anyone see her clearly, but she appeared to his eyes alone and thus addressed him. No longer now must you stay sitting on the Tyrrhenian beach, but at dawn loosen the hawsers of your ship in obedience to Hera, your helper. For at her behest the maiden daughters of Nereus have met together to draw your ship through the midst of the rocks which are called Plank Tie, for that is your destined path. But do you show my person to no one? When you see us, come to meet time, but keep it in secret in your mind, lest you should anger me still more than you did anger me before so recklessly. She spoke and vanished into the depths of the sea, but sharp pain smote Peleus, for never before had he seen her come, since first she left her bridal chamber and bed in anger on account of noble Achilles, then a babe. For she ever encompassed the child's mortal flesh in the night with the flame of fire, and day by day she anointed with ambrosia his tender frame, so that he might become immortal, and that she might keep off from his body loathsome old age. But Peleus leapt up from his bed and saw his dear son gasping in the flame, and at the sight he uttered a terrible cry, fool that he was. And she heard it, and catching up the child threw him screaming to the ground, and herself, like a breath of wind, passed swiftly from the hall as a dream, and leapt into the sea, exceeding wrath, and thereafter returned never again. Wherefore blank amazement fettered his soul, nevertheless he declared to his comrades all the bidding of Thetis. And they broke off in the midst and hurried, ceasing their contests, and prepared their meal and earth-strewn beds, whereon, after supper, they slept through the night as aforetime. 
Now when dawn the light bringer was touching the edge of heaven, then at the coming of the swift west wind they went to their thwarts from the land, and gladly did they draw up the anchors from the deep, and made the tackling ready in due order. And above spread the sail, stretching it taut with the sheets from the yard arm, and a fresh breeze wafted the ship on. And soon they saw a fair island, Anthemisa, where the clear-voiced sirens, daughters of Achelous, used to beguile with their sweet songs whoever cast anchor there, and then destroy him. Them, lovely Terpsichore, one of the muses bare, united with Anchelus, and once they tended Demeter's noble daughter still unwed, and sang to her in chorus, and at that time they were fashioned in part like birds and in part like maidens to behold. And ever on the watch from their place of prospect with its fair haven, often from many had they taken away their sweet return, consuming them with wasting desire, and suddenly to the heroes too they sent forth from their lips a lily-like voice, and they were already about to cast from the ship the hawsers to the shore, had not Thracian Orpheus, son of Iagrus, stringing in his hands his Istonian lyre, wrung forth the hasty snatch of a rippling melody so that their ears might be filled with the sound of his twanging, and the lyre overcame the maiden's voice, and the west wind and the sounding wave rushing astern bore the ship on, and the sirens kept uttering their ceaseless song. But even so the goodly son of Tilion alone of the comrades leapt before them all from the polished bench into the sea, even beauties, his soul melted by the clear ringing voice of the sirens, and he swam through the dark surge to mount the beach, poor wretch. Quickly would they have robbed him of his return then and there, but the goddess that rules Eryx, Cypris, in pity snatched him away while yet in the eddies, and graciously meeting him saved him to dwell on the lily-bean height. And the heroes, seized by anguish, left the sirens, but other perils still worse, destructive to ships, awaited them in the meeting place of the seas. For on one side appeared the smooth rock of Scylla, and on the other Charybdis ceaselessly spouted and roared. In another part the wandering rocks were booming beneath the mighty surge, where before the burning flames spurted forth from the top of the crags, above the rock glowing with fire, and the air was misty with smoke, nor could you have seen the sun's light. Then, though Hephaestus had ceased from his toils, the sea was still sending up a warm vapor. Hereupon, on this side and on that, the daughters of Nereus met them, and behind Lady Thetis set her hand to the rudder blade, to guide them amid the wandering rocks. And as when, in fair weather, herds of dolphins come up from the depths and sport in circles round a ship as it speeds along, now seen in front, now behind, now again at the side, and delight comes to the sailors. So the Nereids darted upward and circled in their ranks round the ship Argo, while Thetis guided its course. And they were about to touch the wandering rocks. Straightway they raised the edge of their garments over their snow-white knees, and aloft on the very rocks and where the waves broke, they hurried along on this side and on that apart from one another. And the ship was raised aloft as the current smote her, 
and all around the furious waves mounting up broke over the rocks, which at one time touched the sky like towering crags, and another down in the depths were fixed at the bottom of the sea, and the fierce waves poured over them in floods. And the Nereids, even as maidens near some sandy beach, roll their garments up to their waists out of their way and sport with a shapely rounded ball. Then they catch it from one another and send it high into the air, and it never touches the ground. So they in turn from one another sent the ship through the air over the waves, as it sped on ever away from the rocks. And round them the water spouted and foamed. And Lord Hephaestus himself, standing on the summit of a smooth rock, and resting his massy shoulder on the handle of his hammer, beheld them. And the spouse of Zeus beheld them as she stood above the gleaming heaven, and she threw her arms round Athena, such fear seized her as she gazed. And as long as the space of a day is lengthened out in springtime, so long a time did they toil, heaving the ship between the loud echoing rocks. Then again the heroes caught the wind and sped onward, and swiftly they passed the mead of Thranachia, where the kine of Helios fed. There the nymphs, like sea-mews, plunged beneath the depths, when they had fulfilled the behest of the spouse of Zeus. And at the same time the bleeding of sheep came to the heroes through the midst, and the lowing of kine near at hand smote their ears. And over the dewy lees Phaethusa, the youngest of the daughters of Helios, tended the sheep, bearing in her hand a silver crook while Empetia, herding the kine, wielded a staff of glowing oracalcum as she followed. These kine the heroes saw feeding by the river's stream, over the plain and the water meadow. Not one of them was dark in hue, but all were white as milk, and glorying in their horns of gold. So they passed them by in the daytime, and when night came on they were cleaving a great sea gulf, rejoicing, until again early rising dawn threw light upon their course. Fronting the Ionian Gulf, there lies an island in the Chironian Sea, rich in soil, with a harbour on both sides, beneath which lies the sickle, as legend says. Grant me grace, O muses, not willingly do I tell this tale of olden days, wherewith Kronos pitilessly mutilated his father. But others call it the reaping hook of Demeter, goddess of the netherworld. For Demeter once dwelt in that island and taught the titans to reap the ears of corn, all for the love of Macris. Whence it is called Drepeni, the sacred nurse of the Phaeacians, and thus the Phaeacians themselves are by birth of the blood of Uranus. To them came Argo, held fast by many toils, borne by the breezes from the Thranachian Sea, and Alcanus and his people, with kindly sacrifice, gladly welcomed their coming. And over them all the city made merry. You would say they were rejoicing over their own sons. And the heroes themselves strode in gladness through the throng, even as though they had set foot in the heart of Hymonia. But soon were they to arm and raise the battle cry. So near to them appeared a boundless host of Colchians, who had passed through the mouth of Pontus and between the Cyanian rocks in search of the chieftains. They desired forthwith to carry off Medea to her father's house apart from the rest, or else they threatened with fierce cruelty to raise the dread war cry both then and thereafter on the coming of Aetes. 
but lordly Alcanus checked them amid their eagerness for war, for he longed to allay the lawless strife between both sides without the clash of battle, and the maiden in deadly fear often implored the comrades of Aeson's son, and often with her hands touched the knees of Arete, the bride of Alcanus. I beseech you, O queen, be gracious, and deliver me not to the Colchians to be born to my father. If you yourself are of the race of mortals, whose heart rushes swiftly to ruin from light transgressions. For my firm sense forsook me. It was not for wantonness. Be witness the sacred light of Helios. Be witness the rites of the maiden that wanders by night, daughter of Perses. Not willingly did I haste from my home with men of an alien race, but a horrible fear wrought on me to bethink me of flight when I sinned. Other device was there none. Still my maiden's girdle remains, as in the halls of my father, unstained, untouched. Pity me, lady, and turn your lord to mercy, and may the immortals grant you a perfect life and joy and children and the glory of a city unravaged. Thus did she implore Arete, shedding tears, and thus each of the chieftains in turn. On your account, you men of peerless might, and on account of my toils and your ventures am I sorely afflicted. Even I, by whose help you yoked the bulls and reaped the deadly harvest of the earth-born men, even I, through whom on your homeward path you shall bear to Hymonia the golden fleece, Lo, here am I, who have lost my country and my parents, who have lost my home and all the delights of life. To you have I restored your country and your homes. With eyes of gladness you will see again your parents. But from me a heavy-handed God has raft all joy, and with strangers I wander, an accursed thing. Fear your covenant and your oaths. Fear the fury that avenges suppliants and the retribution of heaven if I fall into Aetes's hands and am slain with grievous outrage. To no shrines, no tower of defense, no other refuge do I pay heed, but only to you. Hard and pitiless is your cruelty. No reverence have you for me in your heart, though you see me helpless, stretching my hands towards the knees of a stranger queen. Yet, when you longed to seize the fleece, you would have met all the Colchians and haughty Aetes himself. But now you've forgotten your courage, now that they are all alone and cut off. Thus she spoke beseeching, and to whomsoever she bowed in prayer, that man tried to give her heart and to check her anguish. And in their hands they shook their sharp-pointed spears, and drew the swords from their sheaths, and they swore they would not hold back from giving succor if she should meet with an unrighteous judgment. And the host were all wearied, and night came on them, night that puts to rest the works of men, and lulled all the earth to sleep. But to the maid no sleep brought rest, but in her bosom her heart was wrung with anguish. Even as when a toiling woman turns her spindle through the night, and round her moan her orphan children, for she is a widow, and down her cheek fall the tears, and she bethinks her how dreary a lot hath seized her, so Medea's cheeks were wet, and her heart within her was in agony, pierced with sharp pain. Now within the palace in the city, as aforetime, lay lordly Alcanus and Arete, the revered wife of Alcanus. 
And on their couch through the night, they were devising plans about the maiden and him as her wedded husband, the wife, addressed with loving words. My friend, come, save the woe-stricken maid from the Colchians, and show grace to the Minii. Argos is near our isle, and the men of Hymonia, but Aetes dwells not near, nor do we know of Aetes one whit. We hear but his name, but this maiden of dread suffering hath broken my heart by her prayers. O king, give her not up to the Colchians to be borne back to her father's home. She was distraught when she first gave him the drugs to charm the oxen, and next to cure one ill by another, as in our sinning we do often. She fled from her haughty sire's heavy wrath. But Jason, as I hear, is bound to her by mighty oaths that he will make her his wedded wife within his halls. Wherefore, my friend, make not of your will Aeson's son to be forsworn, nor let the father, if you can help, work with angry heart some intolerable mischief on his child, for fathers are all too jealous against their children. What wrong did Nactias devise against Antiope fair of face? What woes did Danae endure on the wide sea through her sire's mad rage? Of late, and not far away, Echetus in wanton cruelty thrust spikes of bronze in his daughter's eyes. And by a grievous fate is she wasting away, grinding grains of bronze in a dungeon's gloom. Thus she spoke beseeching, and by his wife's words his heart was softened, and thus he spoke. Arete, with arms I could drive forth the Colchians, showing grace to the heroes for the maiden's sake— but I fear to set it not the righteous judgment of Zeus. Nor is it well to take no thought of Aetes, as you say, for none is more lordly than Aetes, and if he willed, he might bring war upon Hellas, though he dwells afar. Wherefore it is right for me to deliver the judgment that in all men's eyes shall be best, and I will not hide it from you. If she be yet a maid, I decree that they carry her back to her father, but if she shares a husband's bed, I will not separate her from her lord, nor, if she bears a child beneath her breast, will I give it up to an enemy. Thus he spoke, and at once sleep laid him to rest, and she stored up in her heart the word of wisdom, and straightway rose from her couch and went through the palace, and her handmaids came hasting together, eagerly tending their mistress. But quietly she summoned her herald and addressed him, in her prudence, urging Aeson's son to wed the maiden, and not to implore Alcanus, for he himself, she said, will decree to the Colchians that if she is still a maid, he will deliver her up to be born to her father's house, but that if she shares a husband's bed, he will not sever her from her wedded love. Thus she spoke, and quickly, from the hall, his feet bore him, that he might declare to Jason the fair-omened speech of Arete and the counsel of God-fearing Alcanus. And he found the heroes watching in full armor in the haven of Hylas, near the city. And out he spoke the whole message, and each hero's heart rejoiced, for the word that he spoke was welcome. And straightway they mingled a bowl to the blessed ones, as is right, and reverently led sheep to the altar, and for that very night prepared for the maiden the bridal couch in the sacred cave where once dwelt Macris, the daughter of Aristias, lord of honey, who discovered the works of bees and the fatness of the olive, the fruit of labor. 
She it was that first received in her bosom the Nicaean son of Zeus, in Abantian Eubea, and with honey moistened his parched lips when Hermes bore him out of the flame. And Hera beheld it, and in wrath drove her from the whole island, and she accordingly came to dwell far off in the sacred cave of the Phaeacians, and granted boundless wealth to the inhabitants. There at that time did they spread a mighty couch, and thereon they laid the glittering fleece of gold, that so the marriage might be made honoured and the theme of song. And for them nymphs gathered flowers of varied hue, and bore them thither in their white bosoms, and a splendour as of flame played round them all, such a light gleam from the golden tufts. And in their eyes it kindled a sweet longing, Yet for all her desire, awe withheld each one from laying her hand thereon. Some were called daughters of the river Agaius, others dwelt round the crest of the Miletian mount, and others were woodland nymphs from the plains. For Hera herself, the spouse of Zeus, had sent them to do honor to Jason. That cave is to this day called the sacred cave of Medea, where they spread the fine and fragrant linen and brought these two together. And the heroes in their hands wielded their spears for war, lest first a host of foes should burst upon them for battle unawares, and their heads enwreathed with leafy sprays all in harmony, while Orpheus's harp rang clear, saying the marriage song at the entrance to the bridal chamber. Yet not in the house of Alcanus was the hero, Aeson's son, minded to complete his marriage, but in his father's hall, when he had returned home to Aeolus. And such was the mind of Medea herself, but necessity led them to wed this time. For never in truth do we tribes of woe-stricken mortals tread the path of delight with sure foot, but still some bitter affliction keeps pace with our joy. Wherefore they too, though their souls were melted with sweet love, were held by fear, whether the sentence of Alcanus would be fulfilled. nerds, that was a fun one. There's some interesting talk in this episode about Demeter as a goddess of this nether world, all of these things that's it's earlier on in the episode. And I know that's going to kind of spark some interest in a lot of you. As far as I can understand it, this is coming from some Orphic mythology, I would guess. Um, that is because this epic is from the Hellenistic period. So it's quite late compared to everything else, like many, many hundreds of years after the, you know, Iliad and the Odyssey couple hundred years after the plays, if I'm guessing from memory correctly. So the mythology and the religion, the understanding of these things has changed a lot from what I typically cover, just because my interest lies primarily in archaic and classical Greek myth. So it's really interesting things that come through in these bits where you can tell that Apollonius is pulling from this much older mythology. One day I will be able to dive into the Orphic myths, but honestly, they are a wild ride. I don't know enough about them. It's going to take some some real time and effort on my part and uh, books that I don't currently have. But I love that this at this point, it basically just turns into like a reimagining of the Odyssey, but without all the drama. Like they go through all of the things that Odysseus had to deal with, but they just like get through fine and nobody dies. Except that one guy who 
swam for the sirens, but you know what? That was a mistake. Oh, this is really so much fun. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate that I am able to have this time off that I have right now, because obviously when you're listening to this, I am in Greece, a thing that, at least while I'm recording this, still feels very wrong. I'll be honest, I want to be really upfront about how I feel about it. It's been a very bizarre decision to make, and it was made a while ago. But you know, I'm fully vaccinated, I'm being careful as fuck, and oh, do I want to give my tourism money to a country like Greece that could really use it, especially now with the horrible fires and everything. So anyway, I really needed a vacation. I've been almost just completely burning out with everything that's been going on. And so I'm very grateful that I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this. Thank you all for listening to these incredible, fun, epic readings while I'm over there getting a bit of actual rest and finishing that fucking novel that I've been writing since 2008. (laughs) Thank you, nerds. A little bit of personal stuff there, but it's been weighing on me and I just so appreciate all of you and your support and your enthusiasm and your excitement being listeners. I really, truly couldn't do it without all of those things. You are all incredibly wonderful. I love you all very much. I am Liv, and I love this shit. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com.